Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hey, Peyton. Hey, Edwin. Two days in a row. Absolutely, it's been great. What have I done to receive such a great blessing? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, (laughs) it's good to have me around. I'm such a great guy. It is. So, (laughs) just real quick, you've been with us. Uh, Of course, there's. Uh, actually, by the time this airs, you might be almost done with your time with us, but uh, we're, we, we try to stay several weeks ahead, but uh, I think you've been, <laughs> been with us for about half of the, the summer now, and what, what all uh, what all you've been working on with us? Yeah, I mean, I've been, been getting to the, definitely getting to the work. Um, they've been having me do sermons and yeah. podcasting with them, obviously, was what we're doing here. And you working writing. on a sermon this week? Yeah, yeah. What, what's your sermon on this week? I'm doing some stuff on repentance in the book of Joel. Awesome. That's why awesome. I brought that up the other day. All right. I'll be looking forward to hearing that. Uh, let's talk about Hebrews chapter 13, though. Yeah, let's get we're, into it. We're continuing on, and if you would read verses 7 through 16, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I'll do that. And this, I'm going to read from the ESV translation again. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods, which have not benefited those who devoted to them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sins are burnt outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him then let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Smack in the middle of that is this really weird picture. Let us go outside the camp. Uh, And for us, 2,000 years after the Hebrew writer is writing it, even more than that, after the image from which this comes, he he's really going back to when they were wandering in the wilderness and they had the tabernacle set up and they started the sacrifices and there was the camp. There was the, the where the, you had the tabernacle at the center, you had the Levites and the priests around it, then you had the tribes at their various locations surrounding that, and then you had outside the camp. He's he's bringing that to mind, which I am, we are not familiar with. What we have to do is go back and read what happened there. There are about three things that I think come together in this imagery. First of all, in Leviticus chapter 16, verses 27 and 28, we find out that the bodies of the bull and the goats that were a part of the atonement sacrifices were actually taken outside the camp to be burned. There were some parts of it that were burned on the altar, but in the main, most of those sacrifices were taken outside. There was an ash heap where they would would burn that up. So first of all, there's this atoning sacrifice that takes place, and then the bodies taken outside the camp. The second thing 
that we have back in Leviticus are the lepers. Those who had been found with leprosy and were presenting themselves to the priest were to be taken outside the camp in Leviticus 14, verses 1 through 3. And it was outside the camp that the priest would examine the one who had been declared leprous to see if they had been cleaned. So there's this aspect of going outside the camp with lepers, which of course being a leper has shame and dishonor associated with it all throughout history. Not that it necessarily should be that way, but that's the way it has been. And so the idea of going outside the camp, having that reproach, and yet at the same time, it was the place where cleanness was stated. So here's this one taken outside the camp, but if the priest finds that they have been cleansed, that's where that cleansing is declared. The third thing that I think is important, we find in Leviticus chapter 24, especially in verses 13 and 23, there was a fellow who had cursed God. And when they went to God to see what they were supposed to do, God said, take that man outside the camp and stone him. So we find the execution wow. of this criminal happening outside the camp. So this idea of going outside the camp had a, had a couple of different ideas. First of all, the leper and the criminal taken outside the camp. So there's a bit of shame and reproach. But then also you've got the fact that the leper can be declared clean outside the camp and this atoning sacrifice is burned outside the camp. And now our author tells us about Jesus who was taken outside the city. And of course, that's where Golgotha's hill was, was outside the city, outside the camp. He was executed as a criminal, just like that fellow who had cursed God. He has the shame and reproach of being taken outside the city. Yet at the same time, we have the picture. He is the atoning sacrifice and he is the one who declares us cleansed. Therefore, our author tells us, Go outside the camp. Yes, I get it. There's shame and reproach out there. That's where criminals are taken. That's where lepers are. But remember, that is also where the atoning sacrifice is. And that is where Jesus is. So go outside the camp. Bear the reproach. Bear the suffering of going out there and being with Jesus. So, and, go ahead. So yeah, let me see if I'm understanding you correctly. Just make sure we're walking through this. We're talking, the Hebrews writer is tapping into this idea, this outside the camp idea that this is a place not only of shame and reproach, but it's also a place where atonement is made. It's also a place of cleansing. It's, it serves this dual purpose, not only of suffering or reproach, sort of the ideas he's tapping into here, but also something that is good and then it cleanses you. It's a place where cleansing happens. It's a place where atonement happens. Is that I, right? I think that's exactly what he's saying with Jesus. Jesus is taken outside the camp. He's taken outside the camp as a criminal, but our author is saying more than that, he's the atoning sacrifice taken outside the camp and burned, if you will. And so therefore we find these two different pictures. Some people want to see it as just the criminal picture and say, we got to stay away from him. And that, that would be a, a way that Hebrews who were avoiding Jesus would, would get others to come back. Why on earth are you following this criminal? He was taken outside the camp. He was killed and executed for cursing God. And our author is saying, well, yeah, yes, that, that is what happened there. And yet that's not what he did. What he actually did was become the atoning sacrifice, and and he is the priest that declares us clean. So let's go to him outside the camp, even though everybody else is going to view this as an issue of shame and reproach. And so there's going to be suffering. There's going to be suffering if you turn to Jesus. We know that. There's going to be shame. People are going to look down on you. People are going to belittle you. People are going to mock you. But go out there, because that's where cleansing and atonement happens, is with Jesus. You know, there's another word picture here that's used immediately after this 
um, imagery of, of this outside the camp, tapping into Leviticus. In verse, back in verse um, 14, it mentions four we have no lasting city, mm. but we seek the city that is to come. Yeah. And that goes back to Hebrews chapter 11. It's been talking about um, these different examples of faith and how they haven't been seeking this temporary dwelling place. They've been seeking something greater. Yes. And I think that word for is important. Okay. I've been reading a, a Bible study book that actually I've been doing for this program that's been talking about when you see words like that, for, therefore, it's connecting back to what was previously just said. Right. I think this is key here because I think this makes it possible to endure the same suffering that we're being asked to just as Christ endured. Mm-hmm. I think when we understand this very this very image that there's a city, mm. but it's not here. Right. And so we're we're looking for something that's better, but in order to do that, we have to reject this one. Mm. We have to acknowledge that hey, this earth, this dwelling place, it's not permanent. It's not my real dwelling place. It's not what I'm looking forward to. And I think when we can do that, I think when we can recognize, hey, this isn't what I'm aiming for. My life is not about this life. It's not about accumulating money. It's not about getting by. It's not about amassing my wealth. It's not about seeking all my pleasures and desires. My life is not about this life. It's about something greater, something to come. I think when we can understand that and we've acknowledged that, I think it makes it a lot easier to accept the suffering that comes from bearing it outside the camp and associating with Jesus. When we recognize that, that kind of ties into what we talked about yesterday about keeping marriage and money. Certainly does in the in its appropriate place. Yeah. So I can when I'm when I'm focused on this life, marriage and money can become the idols. Yes. When I recognize that I'm actually looking forward to something else, then marriage and money can be the gifts and the blessings that we experience from God and we use for His glory, looking forward to something else. I think that's just it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even these things. And this goes back to Hebrews chapter 12. He's been talking and asking us, hey, run that race with endurance, but put aside these weights. I think that's even similar to here. We're putting aside other things that aren't really the most important things to us that are not substance of what we're seeking. We're seeking something better. And we're not just sitting around here waiting for something to come that we really have no hope in. No, we've already acknowledged that Christ has made this possible. He's atoned. He's making it possible for us to be cleansed, and now we're just looking for that. You, you were using the words putting aside because that's the way it was with the sins and the weights back in Hebrews chapter 12. I do find that that's one of the difficult things is that so the marriage and money of the previous verses here in Hebrews were not putting aside. We still have them, and yet somehow we are still renouncing them in service to God and in service to His glory. That's, that's, that's where it becomes hard. You know, if he was just saying, don't get married— I mean, that would be tough, but I'd have to say, okay, all right, I guess not. But but yeah, go ahead and be married. If he was just saying, just give away, you just don't have any money, okay, all right, that would be tough, but I guess I can do that. But it's the, it's the ability to hang on and yet be involved in those things in a God-glorifying way while there is the ongoing temptation to let them overtake God in my life. That's that's where it becomes tough. Yeah, and I think that's a really delicate balance that it, the scriptures strike. Mm-hmm. It's saying, yes, you're going to have these things. We're not asking you to live an ascetic lifestyle, go live in a monastery, get away from the world entirely, and separate yourself. Well, that's not what's being asked. What's being asked is in the, in the situation you are, in the circumstances, with what you have, have that, but use it to glorify God. Don't, don't put all your hope in it. Don't put all your trust in it. It's going to fade away, but you can use it now to glorify God, maybe to bring other people to God, and that's really hard to do. 
we, we were talking just a moment ago about this idea of city, and I believe you moved to the proper application of how we're going to view it today. I do want to go back, though, and just recognize that for the original audience, when he's bringing up this idea of city and Jesus being taken outside the city, they had a city in mind. Mm-hmm. The city that he was taken outside of was Jerusalem. Yeah. And as he's writing to Hebrew Christians, he's he's really bringing out a very specific challenge for them because those who were Hebrews, they put a lot of stock in the earthly city Jerusalem. That's the city where God's name has been caused to dwell. And they were putting a great deal of stock in the earthly temple. After all, that was God's dwelling place. They were really upset when they wanted to stone Stephen. It was all about him speaking against the city and the holy place. These are things that they brought against Paul. This this is the, the, the struggle that they're having is hanging on to that city. And what our author is very specifically saying to his audience is step outside of Jerusalem. We have a heavenly Jerusalem. We learned about that in Hebrews 12. We talked about that last week. He says step outside the city of Jerusalem because there is no lasting city here. I do think that's important, especially for the study of eschatology, as folks get involved in premillennialism, they get fixated on the geopolitical city of Jerusalem in the Middle East, and our author is pointing out, we have no lasting city here. That city was not intended to be lasting, so step outside that city. Go outside the city with Jesus. Go into his city. When you come to him, you come to Mount Zion. You come to the heavenly Jerusalem. Let's hang on to him, and when we do that, we will suffer reproach with him. But remember back in Hebrews 11? Remember Moses? The reproach of Jesus is greater riches than all the riches even Egypt had. It's greater than all that Jerusalem had. Any final comments before we wrap up? Yeah, just one last comment. So these people, they're in a situation where they've had a city for years. You know, they've they've had Jerusalem for at least hundreds, if not a thousand years. And so they have a lot of they have their religion tied to it. They had the temple there for some time, although that's that's gone by this point. But it's been rebuilt. But there's a lot connected with this, and I think in a similar situation, we're very connected with America. I've had I've ancestors that have been here for I don't even know how long. But the thing he's getting at here, and I, I think this is important for us to understand, and this is something I have to acknowledge. Before I'm an American, I'm still Christian. Mm. I'm someone who associates with Jesus Christ first and foremost. And I need to be willing to let go my association with the government and with um, my American rights and my citizenship to associate with Christ first and foremost before anything. And that's what these people were being asked to do. Step outside the city. Step outside the camp. There will be reproach and suffering, but step outside it because it's greater riches than anything here on earth. Great point. Let's go ahead and wrap up with a prayer. Holy God, thank you so much for this conversation we've been able to have here in Hebrews 13. We're thankful for your son, Jesus, who went outside the city, and we come to him. Whether it means reproach and shame or poverty, we come to him. And Lord, we pray that you strengthen us to hang on to him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and might. It's through Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. 
please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.